And now. And now, introducing the one, the only. Now let me introduce to you. Lively talk with successful people, barely filtered. This is the Jenna Ben Show. Thank you, thank you for tuning in to the Jenna Ben Show. I'm your host, Jenna Benemy, and with us, one of my favorite people, Antonio McKee and Joey Davis Jr. If you guys don't already know about him, he's an MMA fighter and a wrestler with an undefeated record of 133-0, author of the book, From Compton to Cleveland, and more. How you guys doing? What it do, what it do? I'm doing great as usual. As usual, you're always happy. I am. I love that about you. <laughs> I love it too. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so I'm so glad you guys could make it in today. Um, you were just talking about AJ. AJ's your son, what happened? Oh, well, you know, in Seal Beach, he was having a little racial profile and him and another fighter got pulled over and it was all being recorded. AJ was recording everything because he's got this new little thing he's doing where he's recording himself. Yeah. But yeah, he got pulled over and uh, you know, it is what it is. We know what it is, but you know. Right, okay. All right, well, I hope he's okay. Yeah, he it went, like, he's getting pulled over live right now as we speak. He's on some thing he's doing. Oh, uh, Twitch probably. Twitch, yeah. Yeah. So he's he's feeding it live, and the officers are pretty stupid. He's right? not getting taken in though. No. He's, well, hopefully he doesn't do anything stupid. Yeah, given that he um, <laughs> he's fighting at Bellator, guys, we pre-record. So um, uh, AJ and Antonio McKee, father son, are fighting at Bellator on the twenty eighth. That's hot. Um, which will have already passed. Yeah, it's pretty damn cool that father and son are on the card. It's real hot. Yes. Can you feel the heat? I, I feel it. I'm feeling it. Um, okay, so uh, Joey Davis Jr., guys, what's up? Blessed. Just happy to be here, especially with my coach. Yeah, right? Okay, so you guys have known each other how long? Mm, I knew about him when he was about four. Then mm. I just started He's that's like my son. I always yeah. tell people, Joey's my son. Yeah. I've been on Your his pride side. and joy. Yeah. Plus AJ, of course. Yes. AJ <laughs> AJ's got his own little style, but Joey's like almost identical wrestling to me. Mm, okay. Still a lot of his tricks and nicks. Yeah. So you look up to Antonio. Absolutely. I wouldn't be the athlete I am to this day if it wasn't for him. Mm, He's okay. lying. He's got a great set of genetics. Yeah. Have you seen his mom and dad? I've seen his dad. His dad His is, mom is like very charismatic, fun, light, yeah. uh, lively guy. She is Wakanda. <laughs> oh, God. For real. Really? Yes. She's a very strong, powerful black woman. Okay. Well, I, hey, I love that. Um, okay. So, Joey, how old are you? Where are you from? Where do you live now? Give us a little background. Well, I'm 25 years old. Um, I grew up in Compton. Um, I'm a 133 and 0 in my wrestling. And First four-time Division Two national champion to to do that to go undefeated in Division Two and um, and do it dominantly um, and now I'm just uh, making money with my coach mm -hmm. you know one of my greatest mentors and who's just like an uncle to me and I'm just thankful and honored you know and, um, we had so much um, that we want to do is just for our community and we have so much that we have planned for our future that uh, this guy's is the limit so. I'm just, that's where I'm at with it right now. I'm 5-0 and as a professional. Yeah, I was going to say, so you have a Bellator fight coming up yourself. Yeah, October 4th. Mm -hmm. Tune in. Black Ice is in the house. Yes. We ain't playing no games. We ain't taking no names. There we go. And Joey Black things. Ice Davis Jr. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, what do you know about that ice, Gina? I don't know. Educate me. You, okay, let me tell you about Black Ice. Okay. Have you ever had to deal with Black Ice? No. 
Okay. The cold thing about black ice is you don't see it. Mm. All you see is the reaction of it. Okay. And what's it's, that? <laughs> whatever is in the path of black ice usually gets out the way because black ice is so smooth, but yet <laughs> deadly. So smooth. It's like liquid. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's amazing. You know, it's for all your viewers and people who are listening, check out black ice. Black ice ain't no joke. It's like that slime. <laughs> all right. I dig it. Um, so who came up? Did, did Antonio give you that name? Don't lie. Black Ice? Yeah. No, no. Um, Iceman came from, you know, Coach Snoop. You know, shout out to Coach Snoop. He started calling me Iceman. Mm. And then, um, you know, once I started getting into MMA and started knowing that this was the, the path I was going with, I didn't want to turn out to be like, you know, oh, he's trying to take Chuck Liddell's name or, mm. you know, he's over here taking names or I just want to go with something that's more fitting for me, something that's more my style, something that is kind of really who I am, and that's black ice. I even got it tatted on me, so. Mm, okay. It's definitely dominant and permanent. It. There you go. You're living it. Um, you're really dedicated to anything you set your mind to, and we're gonna kind of go over some of your accomplishments, but I wanna start with your feel for Compton. Growing up in Compton was a different experience. You know, we had talked offline a little bit about this, Tell us. Uh, yeah, it was, but um, it was it was definitely an experience. Um, but I wouldn't be who I am today if I wasn't for the struggle. So, um, I thank God for that. Um, but I'm definitely proud and honored to to be representing Compton like I am. You know what I mean? Um, I feel like it's a it's a lot of people who you know coulda shoulda woulda been in my position and you know didn't help or you know, didn't, didn't, they didn't have the network to help or they didn't have the, you know, the places to go or the resources to go. So, you know, with my platform that I am on today, which is Bellator, um, I'm thankful that they gave me an opportunity to be showcasing my talent and especially just being with my Uncle Tone and, you know, one of the best trainers in the world, mm. you know, who went, you know, I don't even got to say so many years undefeated and coached multiple champions. You know, um, I'm just happy to be by his side and, him mentor me all the, all the way. So um and and with all this going towards, you know, you know, blessings all all around. Um God willing, I just want to give back to my city and uh do things for the community that I dreamed of doing. You know, just small things like, you know, backpacks, you know, uh socks and, you know, I always wanted to have my favorite wrestling uh design my own wrestling shoe mm. and come out with a, a black ice wrestling shoe. Just something cool, you know, and it'll be kind of like limited edition. Cause I know that I'm the first four timer ever to do it. And just the way I did that, it was just, I don't think it's ever going to be done. So there's things I plan on doing and I hopefully um, that they will get done. Mm, okay. That's pretty exciting. Um, going back to the struggle, describe that a little bit for people who, you know, we have listeners all over the world. And so for people who haven't been and, and had the opportunity to experience Compton, what was it like? Um, <laughs> it's not like uh, what they like the movies, you know. It's it's real life, you know. It's these these are real. These are real game banging is real, you know what I mean. It's, so it's prevalent throughout the city. So is it as was it as dangerous as like not being able to walk to school or the store absolutely, unattended? Absolutely, absolutely. So you, so kids weren't really playing in the yards. <laughs> I used to go to his house with a gun. Really? In my pants. 
So they, you, they you wouldn't normally take, walk gonna, around no, with a gun, though. But. No, no, but they, they, you know, they, the neighborhood he was in wasn't. They, they was the truth, and uh, I went over there one time to pick him up or to do something, and a dude walked up to me and said, "Is this your Cadillac?" I was like, "Yeah." He said, "Is that your Snow Bunny too?" Because I was at the time married. Oh God. <laughs> A white lady, yeah. and uh, he walked up and said, yeah, I like that. I said, okay, what that mean? Mm. And then I knocked on his door. I said, let me in the house, man, if I had to shoot <laughs> this dude. <laughs> this dude out here tripping. They, they, they're on another level. Oh, really. It's, it's real, like you said. And then um, there was a story of a drive-by, which is ultimately what got you guys to move. Tell us about that. That was like one of the craziest times ever in my life. Um, that situation was like a movie to me. I just remember I had a couple of teammates over and I had a football game the next day. And that's what people always come over to the place, just, you know, to come to my house just to play the game. And we'd get all pumped up and riled up for our pop on a football game. And um, my little sister was probably like two at the time. And I remember her just, you know, I'm just looking at her. She was just running back and forth from the door. It was just weird. And um, we heard gunshots like, and we thought it was, you know, fireworks. I was just. Mm. I was just like, oh, that ain't nothing. And then, and then you just hear it start going through the door like, poof, 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 poof. oh my god! And then the crazy part was that the people that ran in the apartment, they were like, you know, they were like some cholos, Latinos. So I thought that they were trying to break in. Mm. So I, my heart dropped. I'm like, oh. And I just, you know, I saying I that all, all that going on. I just remember my homeboy who I grew up with grabbing my little sister. You know, taking her to the room, and oh. they everybody that ran into the house, like, get get in the back, get in the back, get in the back, and we all had oh, to run wow. into the back, and and I don't know, I kind of went blank. I I just just was in the, all you in were in the, shock, in shocks, yeah. So wait, so the but, the the cholos, as you mentioned, they were not the ones shooting; they were the ones getting shot at. <laughs> absolutely, because you know they were with one of they were with one of my relatives at the time. They were just I guess just ha- hanging out in the front. Um, Mm. And um, I just remember, pop, 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 pop. Wow. There was a whole story done on this, right? Oh, yeah. I was in, um, it was a documentary done on it, you know, um, just because it was, it was like a, the documentary was about all the game bangers around the Los Angeles. It was like, the movie was called Rep Your Set. And um, they wanted to show that something was positive going on and that things like this can mess up families because, you know, bullets that ain't even met for people who's trying to do mm. right, you know? So we they were trying to make a whole documentary and show showcase the world, like little bits and pieces of little things that go on good in the hood. And um, so I even got to like act, you know, just be on cool documentaries like that. So it was a blessing. Yeah. Okay. And then I'm hopping all around, but I know you do some stunt work too. Tell us. Oh uh, yeah, I do, I do a little bit of stunt work. Um, I got into that kind of through Uncle Antonio. He had uh, called me out the blue. And I, I, when I'm on my own, my own time, my downtime, I'm just like, I don't like phone calls. The only person I answer is Uncle Antonio. Yeah, and clearly, like my, because for some reason, guys, I'm just sorry to interrupt your story, but I could not get a hold of this guy because I think my number was inadvertently blocked somehow, even though we had never met. So I had to go through Tone. I had to go through Joey's dad and his girlfriend, like literally the entire community to get a hold. Yeah, I try yeah. to I try to stay, you know, just stay busy, stay training. and He's just a humble spirit. That's all. Yeah. He's so humble. <laughs> he deserves everything that's good. Aww. Nothing bad should come his way. But yeah, Uncle Tone called me, and yeah. um, I knew that when every time he calls, it's something important. And he was like, "Joey, you trying to 
trying to come do this stunt work. It's going to be fun. You'll get some money. <laughs> I'm all down with the money. So we all linked up and yeah. met up with our friend Arnold. Arnold Chan. Arnold Chan. Shout out to Arnold Chan. We love him. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and from there, you know, Arnold's been helping me get into other stuff. And I got to meet Jaden Smith and because Uncle Antonio and Arnold and stuff like that. So just blessings all the way that, you know, these are things that I dreamed of doing since I was, man, I can walk. Yeah, and you talked about this potentially being sort of your future because you don't want to fight forever. You know, absolutely, I don't want to fight forever, but I do want to be the champ. So. Mm, okay, <laughs> so we got a road ahead of us. Yeah, no. It ain't that long. It's, he's going to be the champ real soon. Yeah, I mean, he's literally undefeated at, at everything. Yeah. I can't even jinx it, right? Because, no. like, I, I don't know, given his, his college records. So, guys, Joey Davis Jr. went to Notre Dame in Cle- in Ohio, right? Yeah, Cleveland. In Cleveland. Okay. And um, you wrestled for all four years, and you accelerated the process because it was just too easy for you because you had this pro training through Uncle Antonio. and um, I call it hood training. Yeah, He was well, fighting before then. He was fighting in the hood. We used to do our own little MMA yeah, <laughs> kind of like Kimbo Slice. Yeah, we were doing it before that. Yeah, okay. And then um, you were telling me this awesome story about your being 132 and 0, and then you had this one last match. Tell us about that. So <laughs> it's, it's a good question. Uh, well, you know, just, man, throughout that whole last week of me being in a national tournament was stressful for me. I just remember, you know, that Wednesday before I left to go to, you know, Indiana, uh, which was Nationals was that year, um, just breaking down in my locker room crying, just like, dang, just so emotional. I was just mm-hmm. like, dang, I can't. So much pressure. I was just like, I don't know what's going on. I just want to win. And everybody's telling me, like, you know, asking me so many questions. So I just had an emotional breakdown. But I just knew that, you know, at the time I was uh, I'm in the finals. And at this point, it hit me. And I realized that, um, you know, I'm 132 and 0. And I, and I say to myself, like, Man, if I lose this one match, I can I can just be an average three-time national champion. And there's a lot of people who've done that, you know. Mm. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't know if they're undefeated, but I'm pretty sure I know a few names that was a lot of three-time national champions. And then I said, if I win this match, I said, God, I will forever follow you. <laughs> you are <laughs> making deals with God. <laughs> no, Love I'm, it. I'm like... I'm, the match was getting bigger than me now. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, it, it was to the point, Jenna, I was unnormal. Mm. Like, I just was something else. I was like, there's no way I'm losing. Once I start thinking about it and start thinking about the positive and staying fluid with my, my training and my spirit and just let it let them follow me, I was like, I'm not losing. You felt like you were being led by God. Something. I even said it in my interview, I said, I was a whole, I was a whole nother spirit or something. Mm. I was like, I believe in that. I, I, I think if you have enough faith, then then God will empower you or whatever spirit you believe in. We but. talked about that. Remember, I told you going past the regular training, going into the spiritual realm. Oh yes, you and did. no one does that. And if they do do it, they don't know how to acknowledge it. I break that down. Mm-hmm. There, there's a lot of power in that. We can talk about that later. No, I actually, I want to tap into that because, uh, Antonio, you've sent me a bunch of guests. You've trained a bunch of the guys that have been on the show. Mm. So we've had Chris McCain, um, Baby Slice, uh, obviously your son, and you came on. Who else have you sent me? I don't know. I don't keep up with that. I just try to do what's right and 
go with the flow of stuff. And you're a good person. This is a great show. And I just want to see success in you and the show. I think it's awesome what you're doing. Thank you. But I want to say um, consistently across the board, every one of the guests have sort of addressed that element. And everyone speaks about you with the utmost respect. And, mm. um, you know, like they really look up to you. And I think that's so nice. It's such an honor. I hate it. That's a lot of pressure. Whatever. That's a lot of pressure. I you can't don't do feel wrong. pressure. I don't, but I'm going to be <laughs> honest. In the real world, yeah, that's a lot of pressure. That means like I have to be the leader, the example. I can't, mm -hmm. I can't slip. You know no. what I mean? And, and if, we talked about you yeah. setting the proper example for right. these guys, not just yeah. you know with fighting and spiritually, but like in terms of how you conduct yourself with women mm. and being an example in that oh, department, Mister <laughs> Dating Coach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm on a different page now, and you know what? I'm happily married. I have a beautiful wife, yeah. and she's awesome. She's probably the reason why I'm doing so well. Mm -hmm. She's got my back, you know, and every relationship needs to know. Every man needs to know that you're only as strong as your woman, and your woman's only as strong as you. And when you guys are doing it together, you're a one. Right. And a lot of men want to separate that. A lot of women want to say, this is mine, that's yours. It's not the way it was designed. Mm. So when we go back to spirituality, we go back to the way, the original way things were supposed to be. And if you put that stuff in order the way it's supposed to be, everything else falls right into place. Mm -hmm. It's like nature. It balances itself. But we mess nature up, right? Mm. You know, by the things that we do, by the things that we like to do, it's not good. So the back whiplash of that is look at our atmosphere look at the water look at the ocean look at all the pollution mm. all the things that were put here to do and serve in order will do that but then we get involved man and make it worse and and we tear it up and it's not good well you guys know my passion for animals and that i became vegetarian because of my love for animals and so one example of that would be the farming industry and mm. how yeah. you know it's like it's just everything is um, mass production now right. because it's greed, really. Yeah, it's you know? sad, isn't it? Because it's when you, so sad. Let's 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 take an analogy here. Let's say a comet is coming toward Earth and it's going to destroy the world, and we've got two weeks to live. What do you think those with all the money and the power would be doing? They would be trying to fill the way a bunker, go underground. Mm -hmm. You know what the real people would do? Hmm. We would come together and we would just love each other and we would. Just enjoy Just each live. other for the time, mm. and we would feast, and we would be together as a as a as a group. And if it happens, it happens. People got to pay attention to that because I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of power in prayer mm -hmm. and energy. Let's say you're not this religious person over the top. If we all sit in a room and we pray, and we're praying toward a common goal, nine times out of ten, that goal is going to be accomplished because not only are we praying in the spirit, but we're also physically trying to get to it. Mm. It's so easy. And that's the way I train them. People go, well, what does he teach? Well, 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 well I, I don't really see him doing a lot of technique. I'm so far ahead of technique. Technique is a state of mind. Mm. You know what I mean? You should be able to do what you naturally do, but at the right time. And how do you teach that? You have to practice over and over and over and over and over. And I've just got a really good niche on it. In a relationship, relationships are not hard. Mm. Relationships are really easy. It's when we allow other people on the outside into our relationships, everything goes to chaos because there's jealousy. And social media is playing yes, right into that. I laugh at that shit. Yeah. It's a joke to me. Joey, what do you think of all this? He ain't lying. 
I just know that I've been in certain situations with my life where, you know, I hear people talking about my relationship, it ain't what it is, and it ain't, and this is what it is, and this mm-hmm. is what it is, and this is what I heard, and you know, I had scenarios where people messaging my girl that ain't supposed, so, mm. and, you know, and I know that sometime at all, you know, it depends on how I'm doing and how I'm treating the situation as well, so, like Uncle Tony's always preaching and mentoring that, you know, you gotta be the man at all times, mm. no matter what, so. What does it mean to be the man? Just take care of your responsibilities, mm-hmm. whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Be nice, be gentle, be caring, ask questions, you know. Honor your commitments, all of that. Um, okay, so you've been with your girl for nine years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a long time. So um, tell us a little bit about her. What's her name? Oh, her name's Kathleen Molina. Um, she's someone special to me, you know, just, just there for me all the way, so. Mm. I'm just thankful for that, you know, and what I'm most thankful for is that, you know, God just gave me somebody that knows wrestling, you know, knows the times when I'm cutting weight, you know, knows the times where I'm not in the best mood because I I know my mood switch real quick, you Mm. know what I mean? I'm on fire. I'm like, what's up? What's popping? I don't care. (laughs) So um, she understands that and, um, you know, I'm just thankful. So I know I got to keep it cool and make sure that I'm doing anything possible for you know, her best outcome as well. Yeah, gotta make her happy too. So um, you guys met because her dad was your coach, right? Yeah, he was a heavyweight coach, but I used to wrestle with everybody. So he he was just somebody that, you know, would tell me, you know, stay tough, stay in there. Just, you know, just always leading me on on the right path as well too. Mm. So what would you say is your biggest struggle to date? I mean, you're 25 years old, you have a ton of life ahead of you and you've had a lot of blessings come your way, even though, you know, living in Compton was challenging and then almost getting just shot through your home, you know, um, what would you say was the hardest moment for you? Or do you feel like you haven't stumbled yet? Because everyone, Antonio, everyone goes through it, right? At some point. Yeah there will be something. So maybe it just hasn't come. Um, I don't mean to be like doomsday about it, but. <laughs> where I've come from, I mean, it was hard for me and my family, so it was nothing harder than that. So Yeah, so you feel you've already kind of been there. So the reason I'm asking this question is because you're a role model to a lot of people. And if you can overcome struggle, I'd like to know how you went about it and hopefully inspire people in a similar position, maybe living in a neighborhood similar to Compton, you know? I tell you what it is, perseverance. I was, uh, I just naturally had that and I just wanted, I was always staying focused on my goal and my goal was to always, you know, with God you can achieve anything. So I always stay by that method, you know what I mean? Whatever you put your mind to, you can do. And I stay with that every day, every day, every day I'm at practice, every day I wake up, you know, I even got it tatted on me. Well, God, you can achieve anything. And if I just keep that in mind each and every day, I just feel unstoppable. Mm. I I don't let really too many people get to me. You know, I just let the ones that I love and close. and, Mm. And that's my main focus each and every day, just staying positive. So that's an interesting point. If you stay focused, then you almost don't allow space for um, any slip-ups. What do you think, Antonio? You really want to know what I think? Yeah, I do, because you work these guys to the bone. I think, <clears throat> I think you're only as powerful as your thoughts. 
Right. But so if you're, and I know that about you. So if you do that, if you, is that why you train these guys so hard every day? Cause you're keeping them focused in addition to- Who says to, it's hard? Oh, every, every, every single one of them. See, I don't think it's Offline, hard. every single one. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's hard. And they all say that you are an alien because we talk about this <laughs> and you're supernatural and you know. No, but I, you know, I understand the sport. That's the bottom line is, and it doesn't matter what you do in life. I understand. And when you have an understanding of something, then you know how it operates. And when you know how it operates, you know how it malfunctions. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I get it. I, maybe I am weird because I've always been different. I've always learned different. I've always tested above and beyond normal. Um, I think I took a psychology test and I scored 100% three times in a row. And they said, this is crazy because it's very difficult to score 100% on a psychological test mm -hmm. because of the way the answers and the questions are. But I am what I am. I don't worry. I don't think I'm special or better than anybody else. It's just who I am. And this is what I am. And if you like me, you love me. If you love me, you like me. If you don't, I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> he, he really doesn't, guys. Like, you're so carefree, even though you have so much responsibility. Yes. And, and I, I aspire to be like that, truly. But the nicest guy in the world at the same oh, time. Oh, yeah. yeah. And always helping people, right? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that what life's about? I if think I, so. Let me tell you something. If I was very wealthy, I would feed anybody that's hungry. I would have a place where I would ask taxpayers, look, Give me some of your money and let me help these people that just didn't make it. Mm -hmm. What's wrong with that? Is There's a lady that needs a heart transplant, but because your mother's a millionaire, your dad's a millionaire, why does your mother get a heart before my mother gets mm -hmm. a heart? We both love our mothers. Right. You know what I'm saying? Uh, just everything is based on money. And right. It sucks. Let's get rid of money and let's, let's go back to where it used to be. But, you know, you have these wealthy people that want to control and so control the masses. You create these illusions and delusions and you create this false uh, security of economics and people fall short to this. And it sucks. We should be who owns the earth? Let's let's be realistic. Who owns the land? Why do I have to pay for water? Why do I have to pay for electricity when it should be free? Why do I have to pay property taxes? Like what? What's going on here? Some weird stuff going the land on. Land of the free. You yeah, know? that's that's the monkey wrench. <laughs> like I say, I don't take nothing from America. This is the greatest place in the world to live. Yeah. But let me tell you, it ain't all what you know you think it is. It's smoke and mirrors. But you got to know. You have to educate yourself. And that's why I feel the way I feel. That's why I don't worry about anything. I just because if I didn't do this, I would be in a mental hospital going crazy because of what's going on. Mm -hmm. I just have to do my role in doing what's right. You know, you remind me a little bit of Michelle Chambers, who's the um, newly elected councilwoman of Compton. And I talked to Joey oh, yeah. Davis Jr. about this offline. Um, she's so positive and wonderful and has um, your similar temperament with a lot of energy. You've met her, Joey, right? I, I, not like face to face, but I've seen her from a distance. Yeah, oh, okay. the celebrity basketball game. Yeah, but I know she is. She is. Uh, I've had her on the show twice now and um, I don't know, there's just like so much love there and she's, mm. her heart is in the right place to really make a difference for Compton. And um, actually I think you guys could be really powerful if you were to collab on something. I would have no problem with it, where's she at? She, all right, I'll make the intro. Yeah. I wanna okay. focus back on Joey Davis Jr. Um, I wanna get into this mind, this 25 year old, really strong focused mind and understand 
what it is that's helping you achieve so much success? Like, what advice do you have for people? Um, just with God, you can achieve anything. That's my, that's my greatest. That's my greatest. Yeah, so that's pretty general, Joey. I want to know more specifics. Like, what, what do you tell yourself when shit gets hard? What are you saying, literally, like, as you look in the mirror, what do you say to yourself? I pray on it and just keep praying on it and, and just keep doing what I'm good at and just being the best human being I can be. That's it. Okay. <laughs> Antonio, I mean, help me out here. You know this guy real well. You, you know Joey's what? always been a little on the quieter side. Yeah, Joey's, you know what? That's, it. That's how he does it. Mm -hmm. He's created a character in his head, okay? Uh -huh. I get him like the back of my head. He's created his character in his head, and that character can't lose. That character can't be wrong. That character, it, it can't go without. And then there's another side. Mm. There's a character that hurts. Okay. Heart made a goal. And those two balance each other out for him. Mm. One is this way, the other one is that way. And that's why he likes to be alone. But sometimes him being alone is not a good thing because he thinks too much. Oh, okay. He, you know what I mean? He goes way into it and then he starts questioning his thoughts. Hmm. That's where we get in trouble. Yes, overanalyzing, it's a problem. Yes, it yes. ruins relationships. It creates all kinds of stuff in the workplace. I try to tell them this. Take your emotions out of everything. Uh -huh. Take your emotions out of everything when you're having to make a decision. Because if you do what's right versus what you emotionally want, mm -hmm. and we've all been in an emotional situation where we make ourselves think that what we're doing is right when you know it's not. Right. <laughs> Step away from it. And if you're stuck in it, then go to the scripture. What would God do if this was God? We all have something. That is, if you don't believe in God, that's fine. Let's go to energy. Mm. You have good energy, bad energy. Let's go to the energy that your, th your thoughts are. Is it either positive or it's either negative? Mm. You put it together. It doesn't have to be about God or religion, but a relationship with what's right and what's wrong. And a lot of times when you take your emotions out of it, you're able to see what's right and what's wrong. Hmm. And that's why I always tell him, stay balanced and do what's right. What's right, meaning since he is a man that believes in a creator, not saying be really religious, cause I'm not, I don't follow religion. I follow a relationship, a spiritual relationship. Um, be true to that. And I'm gonna tell you, man, it's crazy. It works. Hmm. If it didn't work, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't preach it. I've, I've done this, like th this is what works for me, but it may not work for you because you may not believe spiritually like me, but you may believe in something. Well, you need to gravitate to that and mm -hmm. you need to push forward and push forward. Joey, what do you make of all of this? I kind of just follow whatever Uncle Tony says because I just know that what type of man he is in general. You know, mm -hmm. I've been around him so long and heard so much great things and positive things. So, you know, I kind of battle with him a lot too and, you know, try to, you know, dig into his head sometimes and just let him know how I am. And yeah. we, we kind of like confrontate a lot, you know, but at the same time, I'm, um, I'm, I'm loyal, so. Gina, it's confusion. <laughs> it's confusion. The only reason people do that is because of confusion. Well, I think it's okay to have a healthy dialogue and have a difference of opinion. That's right, as long as it's natural and it's not insinuated by either alcohol or drugs or stress. Oh, come straight from here. Mm -hmm. I don't want your medicated medication, your cannabis and all this other crap and his mollies and ecstasies and this 
alcohol and drugs and then you want to come to reality. Okay. No. Well, we're actually going to take a toast <laughs> to our Azunia tequila. Um, I don't drink. Uh, Joey, cheers with me. Uh, Joey got a fight next week. Oh, mm. shit. All right. Well, fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to take a sip because you know I do this. Oh, my gosh. They're, I hope they're paying you good money to destroy your organs. Your and liver. Come on, first of all, this is really good quality tequila. Is it? Um, and it tastes really good. It's aged in whiskey barrels, so you get a little bit of that sweetness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, this one in particular is their Añejo, but their um, Blanco and Repo are organic. So I could make the argument that they're actually healthier and better for you than other alcohols. So don't talk shit about my Azunia, okay? Okay, I won't. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right. You know what I want to talk about? What do you want to talk? Well, you know what I want to talk what about? What you want to talk about? I want to talk about um, seeing Joey in action. I came and um, announced at your amateur fight night at the Metroflex. Thank you. You did a great job. Thank you so much. It was a really incredible and highly stressful opportunity. Um, <laughs> yo, you know what? I'm going to rag on Antonio for a second just because he's here. So he tells me, he's like, yeah, just show up an hour before. So I show up literally an hour before and I walk through the door and then the camo supervisors, if you guys have been to a fight, you've seen these guys, they kind of regulate the whole thing. Um, they're like, okay, so let me walk you through everything. There's freaking 12 matches. Okay, so there's 24 fighters I gotta get nicknames for in an hour and I gotta write out cards for. And if you've ever seen a fight, there's stuff you have to know. This was literally my first time. So I can't tell you like, and it was like a sauna in there, by the way, no air conditioning. So I was sweating from anxiety. I was sweating from the heat. But somehow I pulled it off, guys. See? Somehow. Spirit was in the right place at the right time. I, I will say I almost fainted two times. Really? But I, I swear, because I was dehydrated. I was hungover from the night before. Oh. And then I had a business meeting So earlier. it's my fault you were hungover the night before. No, what ha happened was mm -hmm. I had a meeting earlier in the day, and then the guy wanted to take shots because there was like this tequila tasting. And I was like, well, how do you say no to that? So I did. And then I rushed straight to you. So that's my fault that you were out drinking It's your fault that tequila? you said just one hour because you know I like to prepare. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm a like go by the second type of person. I, I mean, You're I, um, so good off the cuff. But you know the cool thing about it? What? I was just at um, Chris McCain's fight at LXF mm -hmm. and um, Larry Landless, who was one of your refs and judges, was actually a judge for Chris's fight. Oh, okay. So we got to catch up and we stayed in touch on Instagram and um, great guy. And then a couple of the camo supervisors were so cool. They're like, we're going to help you kind of get more acclimated and get you more fights. So, hey, maybe nice. one day I'll be announcing for Joey Davis Jr. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know He's so it chill. And he just He's chill. He's so chill. And, and it drives me crazy because I'm completely the opposite. Opposite, 100%. But I got to see Joey in action a little less chill that night when I was announcing. Who who was it that you were supporting that night? Oh, one of my homeboys I grew up with and he used to train with us at the body shop as well. Uh, it's Nick Caffey. Okay. So how did that go? And we had another guy named Mikey too who trained us a little bit of training. What, what's the gym? Is this the body shop? Yes. This where, is Antonio's gym. Where we train at, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's our gym. Nothing's mine. You're so great. I actually want to come and work out with you guys. I mean, maybe not with you because I'm a little scared of, they've hyped up the workout so bad, guys, where like, I feel like I probably won't make it. But I do want to come and work out. And then I want you to invite your wife and um, give us an opportunity to kind of chat and get to know each other. Because I saw her. She looked so hot. At, should um, bring her on your night. show. Yeah, we should. What I mean, what would we talk about? Whatever. She's, 
she's lived a life. Yeah. You know what I mean? She's she's like she's a little bit more quiet and reserved. But me, I don't give a shit what nobody thinks. I'm gonna tell you everything that happened to me because I don't have shit to hide. Yeah, you are definitely whatever in your face. You want to judge me for yeah. what happened to me that I had no control over when I was a child? I would tell people I got molested. What? Why would you say that on national television? Because it happened. Yeah. But that's supposed to be private. Why? No, keeping it private, I think, builds up the shame. It's like, I, I and you have to talk carry about this it. burden. Yeah. I want to talk about how I blacked it out for like 20-something years and so promiscuous toward women. Yes. That's why I was so bad. It's because I was messed up. Yeah. I was so messed up, but yet shy and scary. You know what I mean? And, 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 and I needed to heal from that. Finally, I got it. You got it. And then and you recently married your wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I found a good one. You found a good one. About time. Yeah. That's why I say, look, we attract what we are. I don't care how you try to splice it. And it's funny because women will have the same pattern. They'll drop a guy and go to another guy that's real similar to the jerk <laughs> that they just left. I just talked about this on the Does dating show. It makes sense. Show. You got daddy issues? If you want to change the men, change you. Mm. Because we're attracted to a certain type of a woman. And men, if you want to attract a certain type of woman, change your damn self. I want to be everybody's daddy. So I was getting these needy ass women. <laughs> okay, now I don't want to be anybody's daddy. I just want to be a good man and be faithful. I got a solid rock. Mm. And now everything's great. Just had a two-year-old at 50 years old. Mm. Feeling it, feeling, feeling swaggy. But you have so much energy. Like yeah. I feel like you have the energy of a 30-year-old. Would you, wouldn't you agree, Joey? 30. Absolutely. How about 18? 30 Shit. is too old. Oh. <laughs> okay. I'm up when the sun is up. And when you're in tune with the world, with the earth, when, you, when you're running the way you're supposed to, you'll go to bed around 1, 12 o'clock. Mm. You'll get up around 5 as the sun rises. As the sun rises, so does the man rise. Yep. His manhood. Oh, Lord. Because of, <laughs> no, because of the energy of the sun. If Joey's you ever face wonder, right now. No, seriously. You ever wonder why we wake up with erections? Huh? It's this... I'm in a, you're in alignment with the earth. When that sun hits that equator and it hits the earth, boom, it sends out a, a, a energy that's so powerful that every man that's in line that's right will rise. He's doing the hand gesture, guys. I don't <laughs> Now, does this happen to every guy at sunrise? Is hey, this a consistent No, no, because thing? some men are doped up on drugs. Some men have issues. Some men have health issues. A, do, do a panel of 10 men that are all taking care of themselves, why is it that they all wake up with erections? Mm -hmm. Or in the middle of the morning, early morning, he's erected. Why? Something happens. They, they're not thinking about a woman, trust me. They're not thinking about a woman. There's something that happens, and it's energy. And we all get it at the same time. Mm. Now, let the, let the moon be full. <laughs> Watch uh -oh. the women. You're like, man, what the... So, you know, nature balances it for us all. Mm, okay. Antonio, where do you see Joey's career headed? Uh, I told Joey when Joey was, I think he was a sophomore, you know, a lot of times um, I used to want credit because I was doing so much and they never gave me any credit for anything. But I understood why. And now I don't want any credit and I get tons of it. And it mm. kind of annoys me sometimes because I'm not in it to get the credit. When I was in it to get the credit, I never got it. Now that I'm in it because this is truly my passion and who I am. Yeah. I told him when he was a sophomore, after your sophomore year, you will not lose again. Hmm. You will be undefeated. And you will break records. Trust me. And 
every year I tell them, hey, you didn't lose this year. You got three more years to go. And when you're done, I want my Volkswagen. Because I told him for everything that I've been doing since he was a kid, I yeah. want compensation to buy me a Volkswagen Bug. What the hell are you going to do in a Bug? I love Bugs. I used to restore them right, so around, right around my convertible Bug, my little rag top. Boom, my Porsche Alloys were Carl seats. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Some guys like Cadillac. Some guys like old school gangbanger rides. I like Volkswagen Bugs. Yeah. You know what I mean? I want to pimp it out. And I told him, I said, you're going to be unbeatable. He used to hate working out with me because I'd make him do the same thing over and over and over and over. Mm. I would hang them on a pole like that and tell them if they let go, they're going to break their legs. What, you'd hang? Okay. So they would just be the gripping garage. onto the pole. Yes. And if they let go? They're going to break their legs. How high up was this pole? It was pretty high when they were that little. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my but God. You're crazy. What it, that's after they did 10 pull-ups. To this day in my gym, we do natural calisthenic, fast twitch, anaerobic, aerobic stuff. And look, look at our gym out of all the gyms. Mm. We're not shooting up dope like most of these gyms. They're all on drugs. They're all on PDs. They're, they're addicts. They're losers, if you ask me, because you're cheating. Mm. Um, we don't do that. So the proof's in the pudding. He went undefeated mm -hmm. four years. I told him it was going to happen. It's going to be easy. Just focus on being able to take somebody down and being able to get up. You'll be the best in the world. And it happened. Hmm. Up. Okay. So now you're 5-0 undefeated. What's, how, how many, I mean, how does it work? How, do, how many do you need to be able to reach the champ level? For me, it's just, you know, once I get comfortable in there, more comfortable. And once my Uncle Tone tells me, hey, it's time for us to take it up another level, start, you know, making my name more popping, you know, start doing some more stylish knockouts, some start doing, go start doing some more black eye stuff. So once he starts telling me what the groove is, then I already know what to do. You know, excuse me, I don't mean to be rude, but you know what people hate? They hate that they depend on me. You know what I mean? Mm. I don't want them to depend on me, but I, like I tell them, I said, I will steal for you, kill for you lie for you, die for you. Mm. And that's kind of a lot. Find someone else that'll do that, that's in the business like I'm in it, and know what I know, and I walk away because I've got 20 more guys that I can do this to. Mm. You know what I mean? I kind of go into it, the, the people who need me, that are loyal, I'm there. There's no contracts, you don't like it, leave. Right. But let me tell you, there's a different era for us as and I hate to bring it up, but for black men, it's different. It's not the same as everybody else. We have some, some structural damage internal with ourselves. I don't care if Will Smith, all these guys, Denzel Washington, I, I don't care who it is. I can talk to them, and they know what I'm talking about in America. It is what it is. We're not going to change it, but how do you deal with it? And that's where I stand because I stood in the middle of this. I was in the streets. My family was in law enforcement. I was working with the cartels. I knew everybody's business, bloods, crips. And I had to figure it out. And I realized, you know what? Everyone's a human being. So I didn't see any of that. I just saw, look, we're all humans, right? Okay, so we are humans. We have emotions. No matter how gangster you are or how corrupt you are or how good you are, how godly you are you have emotions mm. we have it so i learned how to talk to people's emotions right 
And that's where I became the influence. And at the end of the day, I just want what's best for them. And I know this, but somebody else that hasn't walked this walk, hasn't lived in Compton, hasn't had a house shot up, hasn't been pulled over, hasn't been put in jail, hasn't been, these things change your whole perception of your identity. And we are targeted. Mm. So how do you know how to drive in Beverly Hills? How do you know how to drive in, 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 in my neighborhood? You can't have a do-rag on that's really for waves because that looks like you're gang affiliated or you're about to go rob somebody. So it's sad, but we have to be taught certain things because of the way we're brought up. I know, I know for a fact I had to, I wasn't always just like, let me get this off the work. I wasn't always <laughs> trying to be, you know, positive and doing everything I could to do right. Like I was, I was sometimes, you know, acting a little thuggish growing up. I used mm. to always think I was, you know, the shit. <laughs> what age was this? <laughs> Probably till I was about 11. Start, I started kind of seeing that, you know, people get, you know, people get killed and things change. So I was like, I'm not trying to act like this no more. So uh, I always kind of just, you know, had my head up high and my shook my chest out. I always just kind of like had that image portrayed. Like it was just, I, that's what I seen around growing up. But like, he you know was, what I'm he was that guy. He was the shit. But he just needed to learn how to be the shit. Okay. You know what I mean? So what did you what did you advise him to tweak? Hey, keep keep coming to my house Monday and Wednesday. <laughs> keep coming to my house because at oh, that time I man. had the cars, I had the, the big house. You know, Jeez. I had a lot of things that a lot of people thought was success. Jenna, yeah. Uncle Tom was lit, <laughs> <laughs> super popping. What do you mean? Like break it down. I'm talking about popping. Everybody know who this man was. Mm. Yeah, I was. Is this what stage uh, of your life? Let's was check this? this out, Jenna. I'm gonna have to tell the book and tell about that. <laughs> like we'll be at wrestling tournaments, uh huh. And this guy will have a sweatsuit, and guess what the sweatsuit said? Huh. Seriouspimp.com. <laughs> <laughs> so like, this he is used Antonio t- McKee sweatsuit. Yeah. And he would tell us, he go, Joy, when you make the finals, I'm going to just sit up here with my sweatsuit on, put my foot up like this, have my little cigar, and I'm going to let them know that ain't you know, they, they, nothing they could do. And he used to tell us that. We used to think it was the hardest oh shit in God. the world. But Setting you know, the worst I, example, I, by I, the no, way. No, 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 no. I didn't see, that's the other thing, too. I'm very subliminal. I didn't mean pimp like prostituting women. I meant pimp like the system. I'm pimping the system. Yeah. Because the system has been pimping me. And I figured it out. When I figured it out, everybody thought I was crazy. Mm. I wasn't crazy. I just had a different way of talking and dealing with it differently. Um, it was rough. And that's why I'm next to them like I am, because it's different. It's different. When this man gets pulled over in a certain neighborhood, he could get killed. Mm. I'm worried. My son, like he, like before we did this interview, my son got pulled over. For what? Have we followed up with him to see yeah, if he's yeah, okay? Yeah, he's, he's fine. He made it back. Everything's okay. good. All right, good. We don't know what can happen and when it can happen. Mm. These guys are celebrities in their communities. Yes. But they are also looked at as a possible robbery, mm. possible jacking, because people think these guys have all this money because they see them on TV. Right, or Because right. of his accomplishments. And then in my neighborhood, they get looked at differently because there's no blacks. Mm. Where is there a place for a man that you don't see on a Wheaties box or you don't know through social media or television 
of color to just be a man of color. Hmm. We have to pay attention to that. And this is why, you know, we're having some of the issues that we're having. Do you think that being African American in MMA gives you a leg up, a leg down, or just neutral? It doesn't do anything. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it, 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 from performance, it gives you a leg up, 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 up. Go back about 20 years ago. I did uh, on YouTube, I did something about the sport and how wrestlers would take it over, would dominate it. But then I, I talked about black athletes that are just athletic, genetically freaky, gifted athletes. Mm -hmm. When you got a guy like Rampage Jackson that hit that damn hard, that's that athletic, meaning it's not fast, it's not super top flip-flops, it's timing. That athleticism, you get knocked out mm -hmm. because he's not really that athletic, but he's strong. When you bring all these factors in it, this is why people do PEDs. This is why steroids, a lot of these guys are on the juice. Hey, you, you could, you're killing yourself where I created exercises and I created a training program to be that way. Cause originally I was so messed up about who I was as a black man. I wanted to train all white guys to be athletic and genetically just as talented mm. as little Tay Tay sitting on the couch. Right. Who's eating Snickers and Doritos every day and Cheerios. Mm -hmm. And he's strong and fast as I don't know what. And a lot of people got mad at me for that, but I was just angry because we just don't understand. And that's when I went into the community and started doing good stuff. Okay. Well, I love that. I mean, you've taken so many of these guys under your wing. Like, aren't they literally living with you, some of these guys? Yeah, if that they need a place to stay, yeah, my house is an open house, you know? But for the most part, these guys are now becoming successful athletes. They're, we're working on their credit. We're working on putting their corporations together. Mm. We're working on building a foundation so when they don't fight, they own stuff and we don't brag about it. We just do it. You know, I AJ just that. bought his first house um, at 25 and it's a house that he can fix up. He's already got equity in now. Like I do it the right way mm -hmm. and it's not any certain type of way. It's the right way. And if you're educated and you have experience in this stuff, you know that when you start making money, you have to invest it or you get taxed on that money. Mm -hmm. So he's, he's, you know, I look out for them all the same, whether they make $10, whether they make $10,000 or a million dollars, it doesn't matter. I've got the same protocol. It's the same. So AJ's up for a million dollar check potentially. Mm -hmm. Tell us about that. Well, you know, he's 14 and 0. He's been with Bellator since he was a puppy. He came in and uh, he's made the path for Joy. And I said mm -hmm. this, I said, Joy's gonna make the path for AJ to wrestle. Joy, AJ will make the path for you in MMA. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what's happening. Um, we even went to college together. A lot of people don't yeah, know that. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. So you guys are truly like brothers. <laughs> Told you, yeah, it was mm -hmm. amazing. I love AJ. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. AJ is looking out for Joey. Joey's looking out for AJ consistently. They fight like brothers. Yeah. Like we oh. get into it. Sometimes. And it's stupid. They tell me, leave the room. Wait to wait wait to wait till Uncle leave. Wait till wait till my dad leave. We're gonna take off the gloves and go blow for blow. I'm like, so you guys are gonna fight each other, right? That's so funny. They're stupid. How are you gonna fight each other? We fight every day. You're gonna fight each other? You're gonna They'll take off each the other. MMA gloves. We yeah. have some of the best times together though, like for real. Like me and AJ get together, it's it's dangerous. Like, okay, what? Like, tell me about some trouble y'all get into. Nah, we just we just get super lit as far as like, you know. What are you talking, video games at home? And, <laughs> or are you no. like, you mean like out? He yeah, used to work at a club, right? Yeah, just having fun, you know. Uh, 
yeah, we used to, you know, we'd go to the club sometime, make sure that we know where we're going, you know, rooftop parties, you know, big time suites in Vegas. You know, we tried to, these are things that we dreamed of as a kid, you know mm. what I mean, that we always wanted to do. So that's what is, that's why it's so special to me now. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Because us being professional fighters at the same time, having fights at the same time, and it's just like, oh my God, this is popping. That is like, so cool. It's just a spiritual lifting. Like, you know, it's just like, and we've know, been knowing each other since we were like five. It's kind of like the Odell Beckham situation and Jarvis Landry, like not how they now on the same team. So that's how I think of it. And it's mm. just like, it's so much more special to me. And like, you know, so like when we're getting dressed up before the fights and stuff, we making sure everything is, you know, looking <laughs> dapper and dandy like we was little. So, but yeah, training with the, at the body shop and it's just been freaking awesome, man. I can't even, you know what I mean? I can't even like- It's all love. It seems that way. It's and it so seems like even for the other guys like Chris McCain and then Everybody. Kimbo Slice yeah. Jr., it seems like when you bring somebody onto your team, because in MMA, you guys train as a team. Right. right? And a lot of people don't. That's another problem. Huh. They're, they're, they're so high profile that they don't train in a team setting. They pay people to come in that they can beat up or they mm. pay people just to use them for that camp. We, we don't have to do all that. We train each other and we become our opponent's opponent. We become a unit and, and we are all working toward the same common goal. And that's to make you the best that you can be that night for those 15 minutes or those mm -hmm. 30 minutes that you're going to fight. Now, it's hard to beat a team versus an individual. Right. So we stand as a team. And like I said, we, we, we love each other. And it's not about what color you are or you're a girl or a female. It's all kinds of colors in our gym, and we all love each other. Well, I'm looking at just the the few that I know. They're kicking butt. I mean, Chris just won. He's, um, I mean, he's new, but he's you right. know two zero undefeated. Um, and then we have Joey here five zero. We have AJ fourteen zero. I mean, you're producing winners. Well, I, I I love them, and I love what I do, and it's not about money. It's about loyalty. It's about integrity and discipline. Well, I think it's a testament to you, um, to how much love you put into this and you create the sense of uh, belonging and community. So these guys stay focused because they know they have a home with you. Yeah, always. I just want, like, again, I, if they say, I don't want to fight anymore, coach. Okay, so what's next? Mm -hmm. Have a plan. Yeah, but see, most athletes, and if you do statistic studies, most, at, most athletes that come from the inner city Ask them the first thing they're going to do when they make it. Buy my mom or dad yeah, a house. Yeah. I'm going to buy me a nice car. Uh -huh. I'm going to buy this gold chain. <laughs> I'm going to get these new Jordans. I'm going to buy every pair of Michael Jordans. They and you know what I tell them? Huh. That's the dumbest shit I ever heard. <laughs> really? Yes. Okay. <laughs> buy your mom and dad a house is probably the, the smartest thing to do. Mm. Oh, but you got to take care of you first. Mm -hmm. Because you are the person that's pushing this. Right? Yeah. So maybe buy a house for mom and dad or everybody. And the next move is an investment because the real estate's already there. But the next move is an investment to secure your future. Mm. And that's a business. Like if you knew what, 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 what goes on in our gym and what I'm loading these guys up for, you probably want to marry one of them because you're <laughs> still young and good looking. So what the, why you got to put it on me though? I'm just saying. <laughs> You got that, that swag. Oh, do you I? You need a guy with money. You don't want no broke man. I have dated men 
uh, all over the spectrum. Mm -hmm. I know people that would take it now. They what? They would take it right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be waiting for you soon. You get out that door right here. Like, what you say? What time? What? <laughs> Well, thank you very much. Uh, this was, We were at Chris's fight, and he was that guy that was, like, all up on me. Or maybe we don't want to put him on blast. Okay, don't put him on Yeah, blast. we won't put him on blast, but it was oh, funny. Oh, I know who you're talking yeah. about. <laughs> um, okay, anyway, we're off topic, and we are um, about to wrap up the show, but I do want to get into your book a little bit. So tell us the name of your book and then the premise and just the history behind it. Well, um, it's from it's called Com From Compton to Cleveland. Um this is just something that, you know, that's always been part of me and my family's plan, just to make sure that we're doing something that we can have kids look at and um, make sure that they're looking at something positive and what was the outlet that, you know, got me out of the hood and what was the outlet that pushed me forward to strive for greatness and I was wrestling. So we want everybody to know that, and especially we want everybody to know where I come from. And we thought that doing this book and um, how I accomplished the goal was the perfect was the perfect route to go. So um, mm. me, my dad, and a guy named Ed Gallo, who's the author of the book, who was also a wrestler, and uh, who just knew the ins and outs of like what every situation I was dealing with at that time of the moment of the match. Mm. So it was cool, and then the book is good. You going all into detail. Um, you just, you know, wrote a good book. And um, had another guy named Tony, who, you know, thought of helping us with the plan as well. And um, so the book is just doing well. You know, um, is it on Audible by chance? Yeah, it's on Amazon. You can get it from Compton and Cleveland. Okay. Um, any other book apps? I'm pretty sure it's probably like one more or two. Okay. But um, yeah, the book is doing good, and it's just a blessing. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here, Joey Davis Jr. I think you're a wonderful, um, gentle, kind-hearted guy. It's funny that like you're in MMA and you beat people up for a living, but I think you're the sweetest soul. I thank you for being here. Antonio McKee, you know, I adore you. You are like family to me and you've been so supportive. Aww. And um, and I I am, you know, pro team body shop all the way. How can people you. find you guys on Instagram? Antonio McKee, just Antonio McKee on Instagram. Antonio McKee on Facebook. It's all right there, simple. Um, okay. Joey. Joey Black Eyes Davis on Instagram. Joey Black Eyes Davis on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And you guys can find me at The Jenna Ben Show and The Jenna Ben. Um, we re-air we air a total of five times, starting with Tuesdays at 8 p.m. and then Thursdays at 9 a.m., Friday at 9 p.m., Saturday at 5 p.m., and Sunday at 7 p.m., all Pacific Standard Time. Thank you so much for tuning in. I love you guys. I love your feedback. Bang, um, bang. I look forward to hearing from you with your show ideas and recommendations and uh yeah love you thank you so much and we'll see you next week whoop, whoop.